Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your true heel phenom, SP3. We are back once again with our latest podcast, True Heel Heat 104. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing the latest wrestling news, including the fallout from New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League 2020 and Best of Super Juniors 27 Finals, Super J Cup 2020, and Impact Final Resolution. And that flows right into the Bullet Club reunion on Impact Wrestling, WWE Backstage Chaos and Confusion uh, amid record low WWE Raw ratings and creative decisions, week 58 of the Wednesday Night Wars, and preview and predictions for ROH Final Battle 2020 and WWE TLC, plus a little bit more. Of course, I am back once again with the princess of all the true heels, Miss Chrissy Love. Hello. I'm feeling homage to Miss Bailey today with my Christmas t-shirt, you know? You gotta, you gotta show, the, show the people at home. There you go. Okay, so yeah, I have a new day as elves, so, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right area, but, you know, here you go. Yeah, hey. I was like, um, yeah, yeah, she's Ratings. married, guys. She's married, focus on the right stuff. She, she knows how to get the views. Um, <laughs> we also got our resident true heel alcoholic himself, the president of Titan Nation, top guy JJ. That's right, and I ain't got nothing as impressive as the elves on the shirt, but I do got my 1800, baby! Yeah. <laughs> Keeping to form, and we have a very special guest on True Hill Heat 104. We've been talking all about how we have expanded the True Hill Heat repertoire. Not only are we available on all your favorite audio podcast platforms, not only are we available on YouTube, we are available on the hottest, fastest rising UK streaming site around and I, I said we have a lot of new uk subscribers on youtube but you can also watch us on powered for tv so we have the man himself mr powered for tv the owner himself the owner the ceo the president i'm going to use all the titles that i thought he was <laughs> mr john scott there you go well yes, thank you awesome. very much for having me <laughs> what an there intro. we go, there we go. Yeah, gen- general manager. That's what I was looking for, you know. Why not? Steady Eric Bischoff through. Commissioner. Like Commissioner John. Commissioner, yeah. Commissioner yeah. Right. I was finally able to get my lady a streaming service that she can watch. You know, that, that <laughs> finally, finally some connectivity, man. Loving it. Nice. So, so I know I gave you a really good intro, but of course we want to hear from you yourself, John. Tell them a little bit about you and Powered for TV for everyone watching on all our different platforms. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no worries. So, uh, Powered for TV is the uh, the streaming site that I currently run, and uh, it's got literally twenty five promotions on it. You sign up, you get the whole lot. Um, some are even free, so you know I encourage anybody that doesn't know about it, they can go over. They haven't got to put any money down. They can see everything that's on there. Obviously, you great guys from True Hill Heat um, have been amazing. We've got some really good feedback for the amount of stuff you do, especially, I think, on your the stuff you do, the retrospective stuff on around 96. I've got a lot of feedback from that. Um, so that's really, really good. Um, obviously, the, the likes of Wrestling Travel that I know you're very well connected with are on there as well. Um, but recently, we've actually had Chicago Land Championship Wrestling Land 
um, on the platform, which has just been, for me personally, as a fan, I have just been blown away. I love the whole studio wrestling feel merged with a, like a cinematic view. Um, so I've really been enjoying that. But yeah, we've got the likes of TNT Extreme Wrestling, which is on there as well, uh, which has got a lot of the the guys you'll be familiar with with um, that are actually on AEW now, um, Impact Wrestling, NXT UK, the likes of Walter have been on there very regular. Um, you know, most of those guys you're going to find. And then we've got, you know, a lot of shows underneath that. We've also got a lot of um, legendary sort of classic archive matches running back towards the late 80s. Uh, during the 90s, we've got some Andre the Giant matches out there from, uh, I believe, in Belgium that was in, like, 87 wow. or something ridiculous wow. in his prime at, the, at that point. Anyway, around WrestleMania 3. Um, you know, uh, so, yeah, loads and loads of stuff to go and check out. I really want to encourage your viewers to go over and check it out because, obviously, they get to see you. What I will say is, unlike any other VODs, we, we kind of have a media side to us as well. So not only do we have all the, 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 the stuff there and readily available, but we also do a lot of documentaries and interviews to kind of facilitate in between all that. So, And I'm sure, um, you know, in the future, perhaps 2021, we're going to have you guys on as guests as well. Right. Oh, that'd be amazing! Then, man. That'd be amazing. amazing. That would yeah. be a privilege, man, for sure. Thank no, no, you, you for joining us. Yeah. So we got to start things off uh, as always. Sometimes we have to, you know, set some sad news at the start of our shows, but we have to send our condolences, our thoughts, and prayers to one of the lost members of the wrestling community and the the outer community of like Hollywood. A very a very famous actor in my eyes, uh, Tiny Lester, uh, aka Debo, aka Zeus. Zeus. Yes. Then Debo. Well, we, you know, I, I had to, I had to finish off best for last. You know, the wrestling, okay. the wrestling. You gotta okay. bridge it all together. But you know, our thoughts and prayers to his family. Uh, suspected to, uh, he was lost due to the COVID nineteen uh pandemic, the virus. So you know, we want to send our condolences to his family. Uh, one of. A, a wrestling legend due to his role in the No Holds Barred movie with Hulk Hogan, uh, one of my childhood favorites. And yep. of course, Friday, he was the villain himself, Debo, and so many famous lines from that movie. Any yep. any quick, quick thoughts on uh, on his life and times, uh, Chrissy Love? One of the first hills I was afraid of as a little kid. I yeah. uh, one uh, that was what the eighties, like late eighties. Uh, I believe that was when that happened, and he was wrestling Hulk Hogan. But so you seen it in the movie, and then it came into like life, like playing in the wrestling ring, and they you know were wrestling against the you know the the, the top person. Like you know he had to win. He was like the hero, and you, you wanted the hero to win. So he was like the first person that you was like afraid of. Like no, don't beat him up. He don't do that. Like no, you're gonna kill him. Like things <laughs> like that. So that's one of my 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 early and then he I was like wait ain't that Zeus on Friday <laughs> which is Devo um so yeah that's what I remember I got um you know condolences to them and um you know praying for them so who who was the bigger heel to you top guy JJ Debo or Zeus Ooh. oh definitely definitely Zeus it was definitely Zeus I was actually afraid <laughs> of Zeus yeah <laughs> I was actually afraid of Zeus because by the time the holes boy came out I think it was what 1989 or 1990 yeah. I was like six seven years old Mm -hmm. I was a, he was actually the first human that I thought at, that can actually hurt Hulk Hogan. So yeah. I was actually afraid of him. When when Friday came out, 
it was hilarious. Like it was, <laughs> I was like, damn, this just killed my whole kayfabe feeling of Zeus. <laughs> because now he's just this gangster that's mad funny. <laughs> so, that's true. So so it was like it was it was almost like a bittersweet ending to the career of Zeus for me. But I mean, both were so iconic, both were so great, and they both had such sticking memories and you know, his memory just lives on, man. He's always had, like, little cameos and shows here and there. He's always been so well-respected in the business of both wrestling and in media and in Hollywood. So mm-hmm. nothing but good things to say about that man. And obviously, COVID in 2020 is sparing almost no one. I'm just glad that the four of us and our families have been able to survive a lot of this so far. So it's just, it's just another reminder that this year just ain't ending. Yep. This year just is not ending. Yes, it's it's been a long, long year. Uh, John, any thoughts on Debo, Zeus, Tiny Lester, and where do you say No Holds Barred ranks as far as wrestling movies? I say it's it's No Holds Barred and Ready to Rumble as the goat wrestling movies. Uh, I'm I'm uh for wrestling movies. I don't know. I, it was certainly one of my first though. I've actually got it on Blu-ray now nice. um, because I come. It, it's kind of one of those films that when I got older, it was so bad it was good. Yeah, um, like the scene in the limo is just yeah. priceless um, what is that smell yeah exactly um, <laughs> yeah. but um but zeus you know he was he was pretty decent in it i mean for what they got him for that role i think he was probably perfect really um mm-hmm. hogan at the time was like the most out there person you know he'd already done rocky by this point he was like living the dream in wwf and obviously they wanted to make a movie with this crazy villain i'm not sure why he didn't just play himself in that film but um nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless i forgot his name what was it rip was it yes rip? yes rip. Rip. <laughs> right. it was blue instead of yellow yeah <laughs> <laughs> But Zeus, I mean, you know, he done really well when he came in as well, I think, really. Um, I know that, like, it depends what who you listen to, but I actually thought he'd done a really good job. I went back to those matches recently um, and watched him, and actually I thought he was pretty decent. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you've got to kind of judge it on that time and era. Obviously, if you look at it to today, you're going to think, what the heck was going on? But, yeah, he, he was kind of a scary guy. He was a scary dude. Um, and I was quite impressionable at the time when that film came out. So I was kind of worried for Hogan, especially when he, mm-hmm. he ended up on WWF. So it was a, it was a good time with that. Yes, uh, I think I think we're coming up on True Rewind on Uncensored 1996, where he made his debut in WCW, a part of the the uh, the the coalition or the alliance to to end Hulkamania. So I'll keep you I'll keep in touch with you, John. We might have to get you on. I want some updates. <laughs> I, I think SP could probably be the one to school us on this one. I mean, I would think that the Zeus character was the first guy to actually no sell Hulk Hogan. He was one of them. Hogan went against a lot of he monster, was impervious to Hulk Hogan's yeah. hits. Yeah. Like that's why he was scary. I was like Hulk Hogan, he can't even hurt him. Yeah. I, I still say <laughs> the match the match in the movie might be one of Hulk Hogan's best matches. <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if no holes barred isn't a part of your goat movies when it comes to wrestling, don't even talk to me. Regardless of how you feel about Hulk Hogan, that is the movie of movies when it comes to wrestling. That that is literally on the Mount Rushmore of anybody's wrestling. Yep. wrestling movies period 
pioneer for sure but this edition of true hill he to go into things is brought to you by our friends over at wrestling travel shout out to justin clapper and uh danny they just had their final podcast of 2020 with their year end awards great stuff like we said at the, at the beginning with john scott here you can find thh on powered for tv and of course as we announced on the last edition of true hill heat our fourth and Annual True Heels Year End Awards will be next Saturday, December 26. We are going live. Me and Chrissy Love. We might have some 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 guests from the True Hill Heat family to celebrate 2020. And you know, it's 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 2020. So I you know celebrate is a is a so so word to use, but we're right, gonna have right. Year End Awards to celebrate professional wrestling that persevered through what has been a hell a hectic year for sure. And we have to start things off by telling you, give this video a thumbs up, share this video with all your wrestling fans and friends. Of course, there is the i card down at the bottom to push that to subscribe and the bell below that to push the all for all notifications for all the great content right here on true hill heat and speaking of you the subscribers our supporters our true hill roll call is where we shout you out we start things off with the nick jacksons of the world the top three conversation starters are true hill trinity are coming in at number three is argino bismone coming in at number two is charles kirkhoff coming in at number one first time and top guy jj mentioned him a few episodes ago and he finally hit the number one spot the new japan aficionado himself james wims, james wims. yes there we go <laughs> there we go you did it brother you did it <laughs> finally hit that number one spot and a couple of true hills we got a shout out ted williams john uh kirkin uh james pierre simon monk and dan the mayor of painesville over on the twitter machine our youtube subscriber highlight we have a good one here i'll, I'll probably get a comment from uh top guy jj but mr romeo anthony cologne of wednesday night warriors commented on true hill heat 103 he okay. had he had something to say about our, our topic, our top news topic of uh, Charlotte Flair and the heat on her booking uh, between Raw and NXT. He said, poor Rhea Ripley. I thought she was ready for the main roster, but definitely not if she's so concerned about wins and losses. Still needs more learning to do in NXT. I hope she can get to a place mentally where she looks at the bigger picture of things and sees that there's no shame losing to the greatest of all time. She had a great performance, one of the best in-ring performances of that weekend i hope nobody that dropped a title to rick flair lost their confidence i hope rich swan doesn't lose his confidence when he loses to kenny omega there's still plenty of time down the road for her to get her w back but it will make for a good built-in story long may our queen reign wait what you should have like what's what the though. hell does Rich Swan potentially lose into to to Kenny Omega? Like what? he's losing to one of the greatest of all time. But they're both champions to their respected companies. Like right. what, what are we talking about here? Yo, this is the problem. Yo, it's just like how they're infectious. These Charlotte Flair fans are infectious. Like they're diseases. Like 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 the Charlotte Flair fans are diseases. John Cena fans are diseases. The Dallas <laughs> Cowboy fans are diseases. Ah, and, and, and truth be told, Lakers and Celtics fans are diseases. Oh come on, come on, really? like, pick like, on me. 
Why you gotta pick on me? Listen, you you might be one of the only knowledgeable people about that team, but I'm just saying because you actually stuck with them through the Cedric Tabalos days. So I understand you. So the other ones that just found out that the Lakers are a franchise when Anthony Davis and LeBron James gets there, or when Kobe decides to win two rings after Shaquille O'Neal. You know, I'm just saying. (laughs) Shit is different for the non-golden franchise players. You're talking about the people that pick Mario in Mario Kart, right? He definitely definitely picks Mario, and then when he gets mad, he picks Metal Mario. (laughs) It's unbelievable. That comparison is like ass. Like, are you kidding me? Come come on, dude. Come on. You you, you better than this. The troll effort was really bad on this one, man. We're going to try to get Romeo on THH 105 to hear his great opinions. Uh, James James Dugan commented on a review of Honor number 7. I've not got the time each week to watch every episode each promotion puts out. So keep up the solid work keeping us as not got the time to enjoy all of the wonderful wrestling up to date. We appreciate that comment. James Dugan, a new subscriber to the channel. And Kayfabe Tactics, the king of the comment section, commented on True Rewind 30. I don't even remember that Savage uh, Benoit match and it seems like it would have stood out to me. I don't know if it's on there but I might go check out their second match they advertised for the weekend and Benoit hitting his head on on the concrete was so hard to watch. Then Hogan comes in with a chair Arn puts his hands up to block it a bit and Benoit just takes it straight to the dome. Then Woman uh, joined the, the Horseman. I liked both shows well enough. I've been really enjoying going back through this with you all thank you kayfabe and yes watching benoit take uh chair shots and shots to the head is very hard to relive honestly knowing what what transpired i i will just say that uh that leads us to what we miss and what we miss over the weekend we previewed it on true hill heat 103 impact wrestling final resolution with rich swan defeating chris bay in a great impact world title match we also had Manic uh, defeat Rohit Raju to win the X Division Championship. And of course, the biggest news, the most talked about news from Right on Resolution was Kenny Omega showing up. He showed up and had a reunion with Carl Anderson, which led to Machine Gun defeating Ethan Page. And that brings us to what happened on Impact Wrestling this week with Kenny Omega and Don Callis showing up again to hype up Carl Anderson to bring back the old Machine Gun as he cheated to beat Chris Sabin in the main event. After the match, Impact uh, World Champion Rich Swan confronted him, which led to Anderson punching Swan, and the Motor City Machine Guns made the save, but Doc Gallows returned to attack them, and then Omega nailed Swan with a wet floor sign to set up Omega, Anderson, and Gallows. Yes, the Bullet Club reunited to verse Swan Motor C- and the Motor City Machine Guns at Impact Hard to Kill. I gotta ask you guys, what are your thoughts on the Bullet Club reuniting on Impact Wrestling, a big-time main event for their first pay-per-view of 2021? I will start with our special guest here, John Scott. Your thoughts on the Bullet Club coming to the US of A? Well, I mean, Bullet Club in general, just say that name, and everybody knows them. So, like, even in the UK... Every time Ring of Honor was here, it was just full of fans wearing the Bullet Club merch. Like, it was the most 
sought out t-shirt ever. I think even people that didn't even know what the Bullet Club were just <laughs> bought it because they saw their friends wearing it and they thought this is cool. You know, it's one of the sort of adult type of demographics as well. I don't think it's like something that you see kids wearing. It was mainly like that that niche audience that everyone seems to go on about a lot. So um yeah it's it's good news but i i kind of feel like how long are they is it eight years now i was reading somewhere is that the distance i'm not sure like what the official time scale that they've had but i'm the only the only thing that concerns me with the only thing that will be a negative is you know who's if the talent is going to, you know, step up into those big shoes, because obviously most of the guys we now know are, are in WWE um, or in AEW or whatnot, they're all around everywhere. And I kind of feel like WWE did a really good job of <laughs> making the Bullet Club, like, not worth having. Um, it would have been the best thing ever, by the way. I, I'll, you know, I'll put it out there. I would have loved to have seen it. But, like, they just made it, by the end of it, by the time Gallows had gone... Um, and Anderson, it was like, okay, we're never going to get it. And yep. the coolness is gone. And yeah, I just, it, it's kind of one of those things. I, I don't know if it's just like you'd be a better person to tell me um, because you watch more of the Japanese stuff, but is it still as popular in Japan, like, you know, amongst their fans as it was? Or has it kind of uh, got a little bit devalued as time's gone on? I would say that Omega leaving hurt it hurt right. the bullet club for sure because i feel like you know it it, it was on the rise with uh finn balor in the leadership position then aj styles put a lot more eyes on it but the peak of the bullet club was kenny omega at the helm being the leader so i think that's why it's getting a lot of buzz that he's bringing it back together for impact wrestling coming together with carl anderson and luke gallows but i totally totally agree with you wwe just makes a habit if they don't create something they just tried their best to make it uncool and not and want our fans to not want it as bad as we originally did <laughs> yep <laughs> so miss chrissy love what's your thoughts on the bullet club reunion and versing swan and the motor city machine guns at hard to kill this is like a a pwg or like great independent show main event on impact wrestling's first pay-per-view of the year um i think that this is fantastic someone that's finally gotten it right or going to do it right per se because just like he said WWE dropped the ball. They had so many times and chances to get this thing that could have been so good. And they just let it go nowhere. Literally nowhere. So it's finally something that's going to happen that everyone has wanted to see happen on another, uh, uh, in another company. Because all these guys are all over the place and now you're going to see it happen. And uh, I think they're going to definitely execute it very well. I mean, they're doing good so far, so hopefully sky's the limit. But, um, yeah, WWE dropped the ball so many times with that, and they could have, like, done so good with it. But, unfortunately, no, they don't see they don't, don't see dollars and cents for those type of things. They don't see bringing more people in. When all the people are wearing those shirts, they were wearing those shirts to your shows. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, they even have that invasion. <laughs> Hello, like literally, like people were wearing those that merch to them, and you still did nothing. That's, I mean, so I'm excited for. It. I can't wait. Yes, it is. It is uh, a lot of excitement surrounding it. But to go off of what John said, like I, I just thought about it in my head. We had the Baller Club, we had the Club, 
the we had the OC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Only part laughs> that mattered. <laughs> so really? yeah, WWE, WWE tried a lot of times <laughs> to ruin this. <laughs> Top guy JJ, I say that I say that to get that type of reaction from you. What's your thoughts on it coming to Impact Wrestling? And do you think we're gonna see Gallows and Anderson come on over to AEW as well? Um, so um, I just want to hear any of those reactions to anybody in the back that was commenting about a uh, Kenny Omega's somewhat lackluster debut on Impact Wrestling as to how this manifested one whole week later. One whole week later. <laughs> like, like, it's just literally we said this one episode ago, just shut up, let it marinate, let it play out. Mm-hmm. And then one week. They have done more in two weeks. They have done more than what the WWE has done with their ex-talents from these brands in four to five years. Yeah. And then this just literally calls out points that like, and it's like, it's the same opinion, but it's two different points for what John and Chrissy said is that how basically you made all of these people from these factions born as hell. And then you had the opportunity with all of these people from all of these factions and you just did what you thought was cool. Just do what works for fuck's sakes. Like, just, like this is what we we come to the shows. And as John said, anywhere we go to, if it's WWE, if it was Ring of Honor, if it was New Japan, if it was Impact Wrestling, half or seventy five percent of the fans in the building had Bullet Club or some form of Bullet Club merchandise in it. And and yes, that buzz that all of them that the elite basically brought to the bullet club did lose yep. a little bit of steam so yep. like when kenny omega was there and when the young bucks the young bucks brought so much merchandise element to it that it really it really drew the needle but now that they're gone it kind of fizzled fizzled out a little bit and of course 2020 fizzled out the freaking world yes so we will get to see it again when we get to attend live shows again. But this is phenomenal. Like, I love that the fact that that we're going to get a tease of what people might want because impact ratings have grown. Impact's ratings have dramatically grown. AEW's ratings have grown because of the curiosity of potentially seeing some impact fans watching AEW to see how this transpires. These ratings growths are not done by accident. This is all done on purpose. Take notes, companies. And you know what? The WWE is probably our fault anyway because we sit there. We still, we still, you know why? Because we still go to the damn shows. We still buy the damn merchandise. We still pay for the goddamn network. We don't do any of the stuff that we're supposed to do to make them realize how bad their shit is. No. Well, well, we'll get to we'll get to people uh, tuning out. I think. I right. think. <laughs> I, I, I'm with the shits because part of it is our damn fault. We got to voice out. We got to voice out lack of interest. Yep. 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 It's true. So, so, final question about this topic. I'll go to you, John. Are you? What are your thoughts on a potential Swan versus uh, Omega for the Impact World Title, or for both the AEW and Impact World Titles? Does Omega's presence in Impact make you interested in that match and interested in Impact Wrestling in general? Well, I, I, I'm interested in the match, but I think the key the key question would be where does it take place? Does it take place at AEW or Impact Wrestling? And um, maybe they'll do both. Maybe they'll do a rematch as well. That makes sense, right? Um, And then, 
you see how it goes and maybe you do a rubber match on top, you know, somewhere down the line even further when both companies have maybe established more of a, a, connect, a connective work relationship. Um, we still don't really know, like, what that is. If it, I, I've got a feeling it's just one of those let's see how we do kind of thing and uh, play it by ear. And I hope that they do that. One one thing I've got to fire back at you, you though, is that with the Bullet Club side of it, where it comes in, who who ultimately has that licensing? Because if they've got to go through New Japan and all the rest of it to be able to do this stuff and call it that name, or are they going to you know, call it another name like WWE did for so long? I th- believe that New Japan, yes, does own uh, the Bullet Club. So it's going to be very interesting to see if this is just an AEW impact interpromotional thing mm-hmm. or is it going to become bigger? Like, are we going to get a new wrestling alliance where New Japan becomes a part of it? And thank you for the segue because that segues into what, what, I, what I've what i been wanting to say about Kenny Omega. I think I didn't say it on the last episode and you see on this thumbnail, Kenny Omega's character is Thanos from 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 the, from the Avengers. He's got his Infinity Gauntlet and he's collecting all the stones. He has the AEW stone and he also has the Triple A stone which on Triple Mania this weekend, Kenny Omega was in two continents at the same time. You might have heard Justin Robinson Justin uh, Roberts mentioned that on Dynamite in his intro. He was in two continents on the same night on Final Resolution and Triple Mania defending the AAA Mega Campion Championship uh, in, in a fantastic match against Laredo Kid. I will tell all you guys to go out of your way to watch that. One of the better empty arena matches of the year. And we have to go over to the home of the Bullet Club to what we missed as well. New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League 2020 and Best of Super Juniors 27 finals. In the finals the Best of the Super Juniors one of the absolute best matches of the year. Yes, it's December and we already we have another match of the year candidate as Hiro Takahashi defeated El Desperado. When I tell you guys this match had everything, it literally had everything. We had dramatic submissions, fantastic, amazing sequences and counters. We had an unmasking with Hiromu ripping the mask of El Desperado and El Desperado just being enough of this shit. This is what it's going to take for me to win. He ripped off his own mask to a huge pop. These fans are not supposed to be screaming and gabsing in this arena because of the whole pandemic. But I, you literally heard about 5,000 people gasp, like, oh, my God, he just took off his mask. What the hell is happening? And it just went to another level. But in the end, Hiromu got the victory, won the best of the Super Juniors 27, which I might add, Chrissy Love once again with another correct prediction on a tournament. And then... The Gorillas of Destiny, her other pick for the tournament, defeated Finn Juice to win the World Tag League 2020. I mean, yeah, I, mean I mean, to each of, we all picked it. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Don't, 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 don't knock her shot. Oh no, no, no! Because I, I suck at New Japan picks as well, so I, I want some of this parade too. Damn it! We both picked this. <laughs> okay, okay, yes, we all My picked. New Japan picks are terrible. <laughs> we all picked Hiromu and the Gorillas of Destiny, and we were both correct. Gorillas of Destiny won the World Tag League in a great matchup with the help of Kenta knocking out Juice with the bre- the uh, the right to challenge the U.S. title briefcase, kind of setting up a match between Kenta and Juice for Wrestle Kingdom. We also saw the setup for matches between Tadahashi and Great Okan. 
don't get me started on them disrespecting Tadahashi by putting him with Great Okan. I, I went on it, watched the roundtable on this uh, show. Shingo versus Jeff Cobb for the Never Openweight Championship. Sonata versus Evil. And Hiromu will versus the Super J-Cup 2020 winner. And this is why I wanted to, to, to you know, point out Miss Christy Love. Because Miss Christy Love has the least experience of all of us on, on New Japan. But she went three for three this weekend because El Fantasmo, El Fantasmo also won the Super J Cup, winning back to back. Chrissy Love was the correct was the correct there. I picked Leo Rush. I said the winner of their matchup in the first round would win the tournament, and I was correct there. But Miss Chrissy Love was the one that I picked ELP. I, so you can brush your shoulder off, Chrissy. It's okay. <laughs> Enjoy that. That, that. that was a nice, that was a nice little pick right there. That was a nice little pick right there. I got I got you. I feel like, you. I feel like, I'm like oh no, I'm gonna pick Leo Rush because Leo. I was like, okay. But <laughs> go ahead. It's okay. So so yes, we're gonna see the best of the super juniors winner, Hiromu Takahashi versus El Fantasmo, the Super J Cup winner on January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom 15. And the winner will be facing Ta- Taji Shimori on January 5th for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. So a lot of great tournaments. We did round tables on both of those shows. So check that out. And you can get we'll go in full detail there. SmackDown and Talking Smack this past week as well. We saw Kevin Owens cut an awesome promo hyping uh, his TLC match with Roman Reigns and then he beat down Jey Uso who tried to attack him and then in the backstage area Roman assaulted KO while talking to his family at home to tell daddy to stop messing with the the, the head of the table I'm only doing this because you know Roman on a different level Roman is on, Roman is on a different level right now everything else is trash <laughs> Roman, Roman, it, it, he, some, something is clicking with that man right now. Like it, everything he's doing right now since he's come back from SummerSlam just works, just works. How do you Let's, feel about it, John? Yeah. Uh, well, Roman's my guy, to be honest with you. Oh, join us, join us. <laughs> but I have to say, like. The only issue with this is is you realize that Roman is more popular than ever playing this hill than he ever was. So yeah. my when I used to when I used to do my podcast, my listeners basically every single week I would have tons and tons of emails. Why don't they turn Roman heel? Why don't they do it? And my answer to that at a point was if they did, they'd start to cheer him. So they might as well just leave him as he is because he gets more heat just coming out and smiling and being the good guy. So it's, it's a really difficult situation. But obviously, this is the right way. Um, if they're thinking long term, to get him back on with the fans eventually, I would imagine. Because because you, you noticed how careful they are sometimes when he's talking about the fans the, or the universe, as they call it there. But... They're very careful. They're very particular what they're doing and what Paul Heyman says for him. So it's kind of like a scapegoat for me. So um, yeah, potentially Roman goes back as a as a huge face, but the one that maybe fans actually want to cheer for. And hopefully they don't just turn him into like you know when Randy Orton suddenly becomes a face every which way, and then he starts yeah. puckering up to everyone. It's just awful. Um, so yeah, <laughs> hopefully they leave Roman how he is now, and they've got every chance. 
Yeah, I think I, I made this uh, point before. I don't even think it goes as far as he would got it, he would have gotten cheered as being this heel. He wouldn't even be here because if you remember, The Rock only was with WWE for five five years because they turned him heel after one year of him being rejected by the fans. I think Roman would be in Hollywood by now if they had turned him heel earlier because he's so good at playing this character. It's kind of ridiculous. And you know what? He John just made uh, a hell of a point that you know you kind of think about it and you kind of hear it out loud. Roman is the asshole of assholes right now, but <laughs> never insults the fans. That ever, is true. Yeah, ever it is always his actions are against the people that he works with. <laughs> it's never against the people. Yeah, that is a hell of an assessment. Yeah, that was. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. That is definitely true. Like they, they don't have him do the typical WWE promo with insulting the fans, and never. They're doing that for a reason. They're doing that for a reason, never. for sure. He's never the back, people. John. <laughs> yo, I just had. I just had to register that. Like, <laughs> yo, he's on to that. So we also on SmackDown, we had Carmella beat Sasha by DQ in the main event and then attack Banks with a ch uh, champagne bottle. Uh, and I will agree with Miss Chrissy Love. Uh, you made a good point. This this show was kind of weak compared to other weeks for SmackDown because I it was only Roman. Roman was the highlight and then there was nothing really else. This was kind of confusing with Carmella and Sasha already having a match for a TLC. But what did you think about this segment? I'm still not on board with her yet. Like, I'm still, like, not there with the whole Carmella. Music is cool. The whole, the whole I'm still not, like, I'm not on board yet. I don't know why. I, I'm just still not there yet. And then why make them fight? Why did you just didn't save it for them to do at TLC? Don't yeah. wait. You should have, like, made them have another, either another promo sit down or just talk to Sasha or have the little sign in, the fake sign. Matter of fact, they're probably going to do that shit tomorrow. <laughs> we we had we had the contract signing at the beginning of the show and then they just said you know what we're gonna have a match tonight right exactly like yeah so yeah uh we'll we'll see what happened but then also on talking <laughs> talking smack we also had a great segment with big e and paul Heyman. Yeah. With Paul Heyman telling Big E that he needs to go out on his own and that he had to ask him a rhetorical question. He was like, when you see, he, well, he first told Big E that when you look at overall at the end of his career, the greatness of Big E, the New Day will just be a footnote. And he was like, a rhetorical question, does anybody, when they see Roman Reigns in the ring, talk about the shield? Powerful powerful stuff there top guy jj what was your thoughts on this segment that you know one of those simple questions where's the lie where's the lie there isn't one and yo seeing that and then i'm hoping that this is one of those immediate reactions for biggie not something that gets milked out this is something that he needs to realize sooner rather than later like he needs, they need, he needs to not go through this emotional swing where he still loves his pancakes and he still loves his brothers and he still wants to entertain. He, without a shadow of a doubt, 
can be the biggest star on SmackDown other than Roman Reigns. And he has the charisma, he has the character, he has the mic skills, he's great in the ring, he's flexible enough to work with anyone. You gotta strike. You gotta strike yeah, while we remember yeah, this. The whole outfit change. You already put. You brought the powder back. Change the whole. Like you don't need the pancake outfit no more. You don't need that. You you're not with them no more. So he needs to stop feeling the power. He he right. needs to stop feeling the power. Like, he, like they should have been like, all right, you want you wanted me here, obviously by myself for a reason. Let me change up what I'm wearing. I can still wear the little slingette thingy, whatever you call that thing, and just make it blue or 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 I don't know. Make it tangerine. I don't care. But <laughs> don't wear the same New Day outfit that you've been wearing with them. The whole point is you to like they they gave you their your blessing. Let's get that blessing. Let's let's show them what I can do. So I hope that this loss. I I hope that this loss, this stupid loss to Sami Zayn. Oh my god! Is the turning point to make him realize he needs to stop playing around. Yes. I agree with both of you guys' point. They're moving in that direction. They have the Wale song, which is a it's it's, it's a it's a minor bop. It's not a bop ski yet. It's a minor bop. I haven't heard it in full yet. It's a minor bop, but it is an improvement on him having the New Day song. So they're making those adjustments, I think, right now. Yeah. So over on Monday Night Raw, we had Styles get lay out uh, Drew McIntyre during the championship ascension. We also saw him uh, put him through a table to end the show. That followed up with AJ defeating Sheamus in a really good matchup on Monday Night Raw. We also saw Keith Lee lose to Miz and Morrison in a handicap match. Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt play hide-and-seek, leading to Orton burning a box with Bray in it. And The Fiend popping out to uh, give Orton the mandible claw. And we also had Lana injured by Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler take and taken out of the women's tag team titles match at TLC. I will get you guys prediction on that match and who you think will replace uh, Lana later on in the show. But I have to ask John, uh, what's your thoughts? You know, we used to ask our guests, what's your thoughts on retribution? I won't even go there with you. Oh, please. But please. you see, I don't even I don't even mention them when I talk about Raw anymore, but I will ask you yeah, what, is your, what has been your thoughts on the lana storyline which has been almost as divisive as retribution lately um it's uh, it's a real tricky one because you know they they had this um the documentary came out about her obviously that she did on the network um some time ago and then obviously it kind of took took after that but you know the thing that's like off-putting for me is obviously rusev is still like he still tweets about some things i saw a post yeah. that he put up where it's her covering uh in the match he's like i taught her that one <laughs> you know yeah. wink wink um and yeah it's it's kind of it's difficult because i think that like on one side she's got like i truly believe she does have like a fan base and then on the other, she's got people that just totally hate her a bit. Like it's kind of like Eva Marie's stance, you know. It's like real hatred there. So it's a real tricky one. I'm not too sure to be honest with you. And uh, at this point, what I will say is, for me personally, I don't have much interest as a fan. I really don't. I I, I don't blame you at all. I like the the Lana documentary, The Chronicles. It was a good. 
Uh, and I, you know, I felt for her with all the the stuff she was getting on social media, but it has not elevated my interest in the storyline at all by the way they've presented it. And then our final couple of notes on what we missed: we had NXT UK with Tyler Bate making his long anticipated return to face NXT UK Heritage Cut Champion A Kid in a losing effort. And then this week, I just saw it before we uh, started recording this episode. This week on NXT UK. They played a vignette previewing the debut of Ben Carter, making him official to that roster. Since you are based in the UK, John, are you familiar with uh, Ben Carter? And what's your what's your interest in NXT UK at this point? Because it's it's kind of viewed as kind of the forgotten brand of WWE. Even though they have so much talent on the brands, they had a, a match of the year candidate with Volta versus Ilya Dragunov. But it's kind of the fourth brand when you think about it. Yeah, it totally is as well. And to be honest with you, in the UK, um, it, it's not massive either. You know, it should be because, you know, they're here. They they came over a few years ago and we thought, wow, you know, we've actually got a developmental system here in this country. And then when they started touring, to be quite honest with you, the ticket sales were down. I mean, they were really bad. Um, yeah. I'd gone to a few of their tapings and they just, they just didn't have it because... The honest um, answer is is that Progress Wrestling is basically like NXT UK, but for adults. And NXT UK <laughs> is like for the WWPG audience. So we see, we've seen all those guys, and we've seen most of those matches on Progress Wrestling, including Bolter and Dragonoff, like many a times. Um, so there's not much that they're giving us that we haven't already seen, as in terms of the UK fan base anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good signing, but I think that at the moment, um, what's coming across is that NXT UK are signing guys like Rampage Brown, for instance, who's been around for a long time. And, um, it, it's kind of coming across that they're just getting guys that know how to work, um, uh, and they're not really building on anybody just yet. Now, obviously a kid, I could have told you was going to win that heritage cup just by looking at that bloody poster. It was just so, you know, look at this is going to happen. So I, Thing. you just just could see it a mile off um but yeah nxt uk i would love it to be more better anytime there's a takeover it's always going to be sold out because fans expect something then but these tapings and these shows are very very difficult to get into we, we were doing a review here on powered for myself and another john scott that'll confuse the life out of you um <laughs> it's a nightmare on the co-host situation <laughs> when we ask each other but um but yeah it, it was something that's it, it could be so much more than it is. Let's put it that way. They could make their own sort of studio wrestling. I always yeah. envisioned it being like, do you remember like NXT when it first came around in the States? Yep. And I'm talking about the times when we had like Tyler Breeze and Pac, uh, Neville, um, and, and when they was having those triple threat matches, those real Same early mean, days. Yep. Ladder matches and stuff. That's why I was thinking we were going to get here. But unfortunately, it's lost a lot of identity. And it's more like, you know, this is just grooming them for something more. You know, the whole entrances and stuff like that have become very normal and uh, sort of ordinary to that WWE base, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it's kind of become the the NXT for NXT. Like people yeah. get called up from NXT UK to go to NXT if they are the real top stars, like Tony Storm, Pete Dunne. So yeah, I just I wish it would get more attention because they have so much talent there. There's only there's one true talent that I really like in this country, and I've, I've you know met him a few times. And that's Volta, but trust me, he's not interested in in moving or anything like that. He's also probably not interested in doing the WWE you know character. You know, I could just imagine. Imagine Vince or somebody standing oh in front Lord, of Volta oh and saying, oh oh <laughs> oh <laughs> oh oh you know, you're going to be a fireman or something, you know? Um, yeah, we would just been like, no thanks. We we know the true Volta. 2021 <laughs> William Regal. He's a man. <laughs> and, you know, we, we know the real Volta. Me and Top Guy JJ went to Progress when he came here in right. New York. So we, we, oh. we fell in love with him from that yeah, original yeah. time. Seeing him, he's so. amazing with press as well. He's no different. He's like what I say is he's the European Brock Lesnar to us. He's all yeah. business. He just goes in. He goes home early at progress shows if he's not you know on anymore. If he gets straight back to Austria, and you know I, I kind of respect that because he's quite brutally honest. And uh, but the good thing about him, he doesn't overexpose himself with interviews and all the rest of it. So that's what I like about him. He's very protective. Um, but he was he'd be somebody I'd really like to see. But having said that. Um, when they did the whole Survivor Series thing last year, it, he, he came across quite ordinary to me, and I felt like maybe Vince wouldn't know exactly. You know, Vince might look at him and think, this guy hasn't even got a body. You know, yeah. what's anyone talking about? <laughs> you know, so it's it's difficult. But he, he'd be somebody with that style that he's got. If There's so much potential matches for a lot of up-and-coming guys. He'd be a, a fantastic heel champion for some time. 100%. Uh, can you educate me on something? Um, can you tell me what time NXT UK comes on over there in the UK? Yeah, it's eight o'clock, eight p.m. On what, on, on what day? So that's on first. That's tonight. So yeah, that's on tonight. So 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 that basically it came on two hours ago over here. That is the problem with an NXT UK for us. Yeah. Is that it, they premiere it on the WWE Network at three p.m. over here. There's not a single male or female alive that is going to dial into wrestling at 3 p.m. Even though it's available, it's available on the network. Yeah, it's available on demand. They don't promote it. They don't Mm -hmm. promote it at all. So there's no plug. So they did what I feel like would help it is if they premiere it on a different time slot over here on a different day. Like even if they show it right after NXT, or if, like I, they, ha- it, it needs to I fit don't, our. I don't think it doesn't I don't fit think our has, time slot at all. I don't think it has anything PM. to do with the time slot. You can watch it on demand. I never watched NXT the the main NXT at eight PM on a Wednesday, and that's so, why I don't watch it so now when it's have, up against AEW. So I want you I just to have an did. I want you to have an open mind with this because NXT averages about six hundred thousand viewers every Wednesday, right? How many viewers does how how many viewers does NXT UK average from the three PM slot? Do we but even that's take total, record of it? Totally different. They did not average six hundred or seven hundred K when it was on Wednesdays on the WWE network. More right. people watched it on demand than they watched it live at eight PM on Wednesday. That's the difference. It has not I don't think it has anything to do with the time slot. It's uh-huh. more what your original point was. They don't promote it. And I'm actually I'm a re- and that's why I'm a fan of being reminded of a show being on. 
So when I get the and when I get the reminder of NXT coming on, when I get the reminder of Dynamite, when I get the reminder of these shows, now it's a program in my head to now catch it at this time and channel. If I don't get the program with all of your scheduling, it's going to get lost in the wind and it's just going to be thrown in the on demand. And you're just going to see probably you'll probably have to binge a month at a time just to catch up to it. Yeah, and that's what I do before takeovers with NXT UK. Yeah, that's uh, not a formula <laughs> to success, man. That ain't going to help anybody. So our final what we missed, it was MLW Fusion. Tom Lawler defeated ACH to move on to the finals of the Opera Cup 2020, where he will first low-key. And Selena De La Renta teases former Lucha Underground champion Mil Mortes is coming to MLW. That brings us to our top news where we're going to talk about backstage confusion regarding creative decisions and decisions from Vince McMahon himself, of course, and record low WWE Raw ratings. Right now, it seems like there is issues behind the scenes for WWE. I know that sounds familiar. We talk about it a lot here on True Hill Heat. There was mass confusion this past weekend as uh, reports from Wrestling Observer Newsletter said that Vince McMahon threw a fit about some of the big men's work on the main roster. It was then reported by PW Insider that a few wrestlers have been sent down to the PC to refine their work, their in-ring work, two times a week with training classes at the PC. That list of talent is as follows. Otis of uh of heavy machinery uh miss chrissy loves son's favorite wrestler aj styles bodyguard almost mace, mace of retribution daba kato of uh raw underground fame and the big one keith lee they are getting a training cast ran by Adam Pierce and Drew Gulak. Keith Lee's inclusion brought a lot of confusion among talent. Fightful Select reported that talent was baffled by this decision with Lee because he is considered one of the better workers on the main roster. There have also been conflicting reports on um, how Vince views Keith Lee with some outlets saying that Vince just doesn't see it in him right now while others are saying that they, uh, Vince doesn't think that he's ready just yet. It was previously reported by WrestleVotes that Keith Lee was being considered for a WrestleMania main event match against Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. And it should also be noted, as we talked about earlier on Monday Night Raw, Keith Lee lost to Miz and Morrison in a handicap match, but the original plan for the show, reported by PW Insider, was for the Miz to beat Keith Lee one-on-one. -on -one. So the handicap match was an improvement improvement uh following this week's uh record low ratings for monday night raw of 1.52 million viewers with a 0.41 in the 18 to 49 key demo which was actually below what aew dynamite did last week they had a 0.45 in the 18 to 49 demo beating raw for the first time ever all three hours uh russell votes reported <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Wrestle Votes reported that in a quote, uh, talking to a source just now uh, who said the record low raw rating isn't sitting well with those in power to a point where they expect some reactionary decisions to be made. Time will tell. This also follows a related report where Russell Vos reported that recently a group of writers were asked to make a list of underutilized talents they felt could shine if given the proper opportunity. Those lists range wide and nearly all of them had Cesaro, Angel Garza, Chad Gable, 
Carmella and Peyton Royce. So I will start off with this Keith Lee note. What are your guys' thoughts on Keith Lee being sent to the PC to refine his work? I will start with you, John. Thanks. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> please, please start this. Please start this bullshit. Yeah, Keith, start Keith this Lee. Um, so I, I got to see Keith Lee. I did a press stuff with him um, at the back end of last year. He done a. I think it was last year. Yeah, Progress. He came over with Matt Riddle, and they worked there um, in one of their shows, and we, we got to chat to him. And he's a he's a like a really lovely guy. Like he's super super approachable, and that's what worried me about him. Because I thought, blimey, you're gonna get you're gonna get eaten up, and you're probably just gonna be saying yes all the time. And um, unlike Walter, who's probably gonna be like, no, I'm not wearing this stuff. Um, right. Make me wear. I think Keith Lee's gonna be too nice, um, you know, a person. That's how he come across to me anyway. Um, obviously, I don't know the guy. That was just like a brief meeting, but it certainly was apparent that if he if he he made it into the roster, he might get lost. And obviously. How many guys from NXT, they make that jump, and if they've done well on NXT normally, they ain't going to do so well on the main roster. That's what I find. I find anybody that doesn't do so well on NXT normally has a, a huge improvement, at least for the first six, seven months anyway. Um, but yeah, Keith Lee, um, so this situation obviously is it seems quite erratic to me to be sending like the variety of talent back down to the, the performance center to do whatever they're going to do. Quite frankly, I think that the character that they've given Keith Lee is terrible. Um, you know, ever since he's made the change, um, just the little things, what he wears, that attire, it's like, you know, seeing Scorpio come in and then be flash funk. I mean, it's so, it's so alien to what I was used to with with Keith Lee. So with Keith Lee, I was thinking we're going to get this guy that I saw stand up with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, and that just had all money over it. I just saw dollar signs, and I thought that'll be a match, you know, two, three years down the line. Now, um, I don't think he's main event just yet. However, I, he's better than what he's been given, and he shouldn't yeah. be punished in this sense to be saying you know you need to work or improve in your in ring i think he's in rings perfect but i think it's what they position him as and what he's wearing even the music it's just a mess just a complete mess and um yeah i feel for the guy i mean he's this is like braun Strowman for me you know he's he's lost all that credibility as well i mean the santa claus thing did it for me that was it it was gone <laughs> <laughs> but I remember seeing him in London, and he was hot. He was hot as a hill, and we were thinking, blimey, like, this guy turns a lot of heads when he walks past. Now, um, it's just like a friendly giant. So, it's kind of odd, because Vince McMahon, for me, the Vince McMahon I grew up on, loved guys, big guys, and knew how to book them. Yeah, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I really don't know what's happened. And uh, I feel <laughs> totally for, for Keith Lee. I'm not sure... To be quite honest with you, I'm not sure what happens. Um, you know, you only have to look at someone like Rusev. Rusev was so over at one point. He had that massive match with John Cena. Come out in a freaking tank. You know, gets the whole nine yards with this. Now, bear in mind, yeah, he loses, but it's a big moment. But I think this goes back to something that um, I always used to say is that WWE, you know, and you, you alluded to asking the writers about who they, they think. I don't know why they're asking the writers, quite frankly. Like, they should have a better handle on it themselves. Um, but 
to me, WWE, the system, you can make anybody within a couple of months if you really want to. Like, it, it's just placing people. So it's like you look at Dolph Ziggler now. If they really wanted to, they could have him as champion next month because yeah. they can and they just do it so it's it's different to how it used to be where the guys really cared about the belts and being the champion but obviously you've got so many titles now it's like everyone gets one for taking part almost and the kind of it's just so um so like devoured the whole title reigns for me like i don't look at champions the same way as i used to even drew mcintyre even being you know over in the UK, to me, I wasn't really sold on it. Um, and I, I listened to the podcast earlier that you was on with Wrestling Travel, and those guys were were loving Drew. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, that 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 never happened. Um, and I like Drew McIntyre, but it never happens the same way as it obviously has for them because I just see him as somebody who's on a spoke wheel. It's like I remember the year before he faced Roman. And no one was really saying anything about him at that point, you know, yeah. and I felt like they pushed that match out too quick. So what's happened with Keith Lee, quite frankly, could have happened to anybody. I just I feel bad. It's on him, though. And he's right. he's probably the big name that I'm like quite concerned about. If Vince doesn't see, um, you know, his piece potential. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like they said, it's baffling. It's not just baffling for the talent. It's baffling for us fans. It's like this guy is called the limitless one and you're trying to put limits on him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Chrissy Love, do you think uh, that the way WWE would like all their big men to work is the issue or does do you do you think that there is something that Keith Lee could need improvement on in some places? Um, like he said, he was the limitless one. So here's here's my thing: we push him in NXT. We push him. I mean, huge. He won two belts. He had two belts. You know what I'm saying? Like you push him. He had this big old grand thing, and then you bring him over here, and then you make him be a loser. There's nothing likable about this person that we love so much. There was nothing likable about him. And now, I don't think, I, I think it's all of the, 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 I think it's Vince's fault. I think it's all of them that had this whole, like, image that wanted to change him. And it's their fault. So now he has to be punished for what you guys did to him. He already had a character. He was already built. Why bring him, sorry, why bring him over here and then change everything that we loved about him? He was, it was a reason why he was so over when he was over there. So now you bring him here to the to the main stage, and now no one likes him. That's your fault. Not Keith Lee's fault, and Keith Lee shouldn't even be punished for that. Now, they should have took me in with him also, but, you know, that's never that's not here. here, not here. Anywho, but still, nevertheless, it's not, I'm not really answering your question because I don't feel like it's something that he did. You know what I'm saying? He did yeah. what he was supposed to do. Go out there, put this hideous outfit on, and do what he was he do his job. The fans didn't like it because that's not Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah, that and that's 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 a great point. And I and to to kind of add to what you're saying, like not only did he like get big in NXT, but 
Might I remind everybody, he wasn't even over in, in NXT. It was him on the main roster at Survivor Series of last year where he originally got over. Like, they, they saw it. They saw the fans, like, really get on his side before their eyes. Vince got to see it against his number one guy, Roman Reigns, against his number two guy, Seth Rollins. And then when he came back to NXT, that's when Triple H was like, oh, we might have something. Let's push him. So it's like... It's it's baffling it's so different from every other example that we could talk about with nxt call-ups and it not translating this was a guy that got over on the main roster then went to nxt and got a bigger push and now he's back on the main roster and you're trying to bring him back down it seems like royal rubble all of that let's not forget that part you give me a belt and i had to give away one of the belts because you gave me two belts and one like it just everything you guys are doing you're it just it's just bad just bad. So, Top Guy JJ, uh, I know you have to be feeling vindicated because you you were the one on the show who said that his win over Randy Orton wouldn't mean anything. And I I, I don't say this to you much. You were right. It didn't mean anything. And here we are. So, how how does it feel? I, first of all, I don't feel good at all. I don't feel good at all. Because Keith Lee is on the verge of being the worst booked African-American man in the history of the WWE. And that, that's a wide range. Like, 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 it's, it's <laughs> like for a crying out loud when you got star that pops to you and is handed to you on platter after platter after platter. It started, as you said, at Survivor Series when he had the spot with Roman Reigns when the fucking building erupted. The entire 17,000 people are chanting NXT and Keith Lee. Then he comes out and then he challenges Brock Lesnar and he is the one that does not get eliminated immediately. And then it just compiles into him becoming the first double champion in NXT history just for them to say, oh, there's a new piece of candy over there in Karrion Cross. Yep. And we're going to take the titles off of him in one month. And then we're going to have him not only not defend the North American championship, he hands it away and just gives it up. Who does that? He gives up the title, and then he loses in his second defense, because mind you, he had a defense on his first night as champion against um, Dijakovic. Yep. And it was a great match, by the way. But then his very first pay-per-view defense loses it immediately to Karrion Cross. Do we even get a second rematch? Do we even get a chance for this to manifest again? No, it does not happen, because guess what? We see money. We're going to call him up to the main roster with no idea with what to do with him. So then here we come to the almighty booking of the pay-per-view called Payback. (laughs) Out of nowhere, let's just give him a match against the hottest heel in the business, Randy Orton, for, 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 for no fucking reason whatsoever. The match is six minutes. The match is six minutes. Keith Lee pulls off the weakest victory I have ever seen against the hottest character in the entire company. I called it right on the damn thing, which I did not want to be right about. This does nothing to either guy. You just literally wasted Keith Lee's whole push. Yep. Like, Keith Lee would have been the man in NXT for six months to a year, and you just literally just saw a nut, you wasted it, and now it's gone. (laughs) And then here we go. 
not only after the winter, Randy Orton, we changed his ring attire. For yep. why? For whatever reason, we don't know why. Because Keith Lee looks fine. For whatever yep. reason, yep. We, we, we don't spend the money to acquire the famous theme music that he was brought into NXT with and we bask in his glory and all of a sudden it turns into some Mega Man theme music from chap from 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 from, from Metal Man or some shit. And then what happens after this? He gets cheeky jobs and match he 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 has weight he has worthless matches against sparring matches against Drew McIntyre. It literally was the most meaningless booking I have ever seen from a double champion in the history of me watching wrestling. And now <laughs> fortunately to you to then the fame this is classic WWE. It's Keith Lee's fault. Yep. He's gotta so, work. So, He's so gotta refine himself. Keith Lee no, the one the one that can do everything with anybody, with any size, with any stature of person. He's big enough to pick anybody up. He's agile enough to flip with anybody. He can sell for the smaller guys. He can do anything that he wants, but he needs work. He's the one that needs work. He needs work. Yep. Wow. Wow. So this is clearly, we all know that the man is out of tune. He's but out Retribution is still on TV, right? But Retribution is still on TV. I don't, hey. even, want, I don't even want to divert to somebody that it's to a group of people that's that trash. But the fact that this focus is on Keith Lee, that he actually needs work. And you're going to stick him in there with Koba or Jabba or whatever the fuck his name is from Raw Underground that, that <laughs> couldn't throw a punch to save his life. And, and, the, and then okay, you're going to compare him. Every other big, and then what's the icing on the cake? They're gonna take wrestling lessons from Drew fucking Gulak. Yep. The man is a hundred and forty-five pounds bigger than Drew Gulak, but he's gonna learn how to wrestle from Drew Gulak as a three hundred and fifty-pound man, and he can do moonsaults better than Drew Gulak. Yep. He sells yep. better shit than Drew Gulak, but he's gonna learn how to wrestle from Drew Gulak. I. I swear to God, I could take the rest of this podcast venting on this shit right here, <laughs> but I'm going to stop there because what they have done to him, it is literally the most asinine blasphemous shit I've ever seen done to a double champion. Hey, you, we haven't said this in like a hundred episodes, I think, but hashtag WWE booking in 2020. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking wow. of Speaking of which, uh, what do you? I'll go start with you, John. Very quickly, do what do you think needs to change the most behind the scenes to improve Raw's rating after their record low one point five two million? Do you think that it's it's a creative shakeup, um, a call up? What do you think? Uh, it's not a call up or anything like that. I think it's it's just the structure of the show that needs to change big time. I mean, like. Um, every feud is it looks like you ever played video games when you used to I don't know like play universe mode and used to sup a rivalry and they're in just brackets they never cross over yeah and that's how WWE's become they never interlink with one another and the bigger story never seems to affect any of the lower card people like it used to so it just used to, and the commentators would talk about bigger events that might have happened on the night like this with some of the most ridiculous stuff that's been happening, I'm not even going to mention their words <laughs> of the name, but you know where I'm going with this. When that was going on, once they'd cleared off, 
that nobody cared. It was just about the match, another match again. And it's like, well, that didn't really have much impact then, clearly. And yet I see um, McAvee come out and, and then Triple H comes running down with all these guys if he's out there. But they don't come out as something if, if these guys are supposedly not even supposed to be on the building. And yet they still get like... Um, I don't know, like when they was doing that draft, they all had individual pictures, which just made no sense whatsoever, um, how they got contracts, because they were ruining too much stuff. I mean, it's so hokey and stupid, but the, the, <laughs> the things to me is I, I try and like find out from, from friends that don't normally watch wrestling too much, and I say, sit down and watch this for three hours and just give me some of your thoughts. And they say, like, you watch one Raw, you might have be the entrances are so spot on now. Like even the camera angle, it's like watching a video game. They don't even change yep. it. The angles are the same. The commentators now pretty much are told not to speak through the entrance like they used to, which just, just annoys me because that's just some time they could use up rather than talking about it during the match. Um, yep. And so, you know, if you, you go back 20 years ago or, or whatnot, but when you watched entrances, even like through, I don't know, even like 04 time, they come out, they at least did some little tweaks and different things to change it up a bit. But I think they're so formulaic now that this is just the way it is. And, and to be honest with you, the last, I'd say the last 15, 20 years is pretty much, we haven't really seen a huge eclipse. It's almost too perfect for its own good and i just think that's how it's got to um the only ways to really change it is to you need to really probably knuckle down to some serious um like a small group of writers i don't know how many writers they've got there currently but it's probably way too much whatever it is because no matter if it's good or bad it's only going to work if you've got it from a few minds not loads of people's minds and to be honest with you i just I watch the show now and it's very hard to feel like you have to watch every show to know what's going on. You could watch yeah, just to the yeah. pay-per-view. Yeah. You don't feel like you have to invest that time like I used to on a Monday night. Like it used mm -hmm. to be prime time. I've got to see what's going to happen. Um, now, every so often they come out and they were doing this for the last five years. You'd see Stephanie, Vince, and they'd all come out at the beginning of a show and say, we're going to shake things up. We're going <laughs> to change it. And as soon as they say that, it just puts me off even more because you know it's been thrown down your throat. So nothing's coming natural at all. Um, I don't think it matters who's on the roster um, and whatnot, anything like that. I just think it's the formula that needs to change the structure of the show. Three hours is too long for me as well, but they're never going to go away from that because they make too much money through adverts. But I, I would love it if it was two hours again. But if it's got to be three, I would suggest they, they do something for that third hour or an hour in between where they maybe do interviews or something, you know, like take a playbook out of when we used to have Royal Rumbles and stuff, we'd have that um, intermission part, right, where, where fans would get the merchandise. But it seems like nobody can even do a damn interview anymore. Like I, I don't see enough of them happening. So, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. But I, I, there's no real overnight thing. Um, but I do think the formula has a lot to do with it. Yeah, it's kind of going to be have to be like a gradual change. But definitely the formulaic type of way that they have this show needs to stop and they need to stop putting band-aids on gunshot wounds because this is a list in just the last two years of band-aids on the problem that is monday night raw that they've tried are you ready guys this is going to put a bow on this whole conversation it's you you are the huh? sorry sorry 
Sorry, I was just going to say, I, I swear, I really hope that this is one of those episodes that we are able to take snippets because I swear this might be one of the most informative episodes that we have <laughs> about all of the issues that is going on with certain areas of wrestling. I really hope we could take snippets out of this. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to our production staff. I'll talk to Romeo for sure. But these are some of the impromptu ideas in the last two years. I have to credit uh, Sean Rossap of Fightful.com for putting together this list. In the last two years alone, you are the authority when the McMahons came out and said that we were going to be the authority now. The superstar shakeup, the wildcard rule, brand to brand invitational. No commercials during uh, matches. You remember when they only did two out of three falls matches? Raw Dark when they introduced the 24-7 title. Raw Underground. And, of course, John's favorite, Retribution. So that is the list of all the band-aids they have tried to put on the gunshot wound that is Monday Night Raw. But, guys, we have to move on to brighter days. Wednesday Night Days. Wednesday Night Wars Week 58. This is some of your guys' favorite time of the show where we talk about WWE NXT and AEW Dynamite. We tell you the ratings for both shows and we let you know what happened and decide what was the better show for the week. If you don't like what we say, check out Wednesday Night Warriors with Romeo Anthony Colon and Chris G where they break down each and every segment and let you know what they thought was the better show. Usually Romeo picks NXT. Um, Chrissy Love, you want to hit the drums? So for week 58, WWE NXT comes in with 766,000 viewers. That is up significantly from last week, almost a hundred, uh, over a hundred K uh, increase from 659,000 last week to. AEW Dynamite with 806,000 viewers, which is down from their 995,000 from last week. Almost 200K they are down, but AEW does get the victory by a slim margin of only 40K. AEW Dynamite had Kenny Omega defeat Joey Janela in a non-title world title eliminator no DQ match. Then after the match... Yes, yes, Don Don was on the mic. They were they were great. Uh, after the match, Death Triangle comes down with Pac uh, telling Omega that uh, he will meet Ray Phoenix for the AEW World Title on December 30th for New Year's Smash. Cody and Brandy, congratulations to them. They announced that they are having a baby, a very special video that they did. The Hardy Party defeated Hangman Page and Dark Order in a fun six-man over opener the acclaim defeated scu in their debut on aew dynamite to set up an aew world team title match next week against the young bucks and inner circle defeated best friends top flight and the varsity blondes wwe nxc had an absolute banger of a match with kyle o'reilly defeating uh, pete dunn to move on to face Finn Balor for the NXT Championship on January 6th at New Year's Evil. Karrion Cross made his in-ring uh, in-ring return, so while squashing his opponent to set up his New Year's Evil match with Damian Priest. Tony Storm defeated Rhea Ripley in the main event thanks to help from Raquel Gonzalez. The Way, which is Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, defeated Leon Ruff and Kushida. Tommaso Ciampa defeated Tyler Russ in a surprisingly good matchup, and more Xia Lee and Boa vignettes to hype up their torture so what was your better show for the week this week we will start with you miss chrissy love 
I am going to go with NXT because now everything on the show wasn't good. Okay, fine. But the matches that I loved, Kyle O'Reilly, God damn it, man. Ugh. He is just. Didn't we just talk about him last week being like that main event guy? Like, okay, now I thought Pete Dunne would have won since they did the, this match over again. And, you know, I guess Finn has to see him because he broke his jaw, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Cool. Fine. Sure. Um, but that match alone was a banger. Then the ending, the close out the show with Tony Storm and, um, uh, ugh, ugh, why am I losing? Rhea Ripley. With Rhea. I thought that was amazing. Um, I give it to that show, those matches. I felt like AEW was all over the place, even though I think both shows were not that good anyway. But um, I wasn't that glued in. The only time I was glued in was when Kenny Omega and um, Don was um, there, and they were both on the mic. So I'm giving mine to NXT for the reason. The, um, the match with all those people was a, a lot of going on. Um, it had, like, what, 12 people out there? The inner circle, yeah, it was a 12-minute yeah, tag. That's too much. No, no, please, no, don't, don't do that no more. Please, don't do that. No, 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 no. But I mean, AEW was good, but I'm giving it to NXT. So there you go. All right, John, who do you have this week? AEW Dynamite or NXT? Uh, it's a tough one because I kind of liked a lot in both. Um, but I, I probably for the same reasons as well, I will go with NXT because I just think the matches. They're a little bit more tighter than AEW's, and uh, I always like it when there's progress during bell to bell, as opposed to a lot of the stuff, ridiculous stuff that seems to occur on NXT all of a sudden. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, for me, NXT gets the the jump. Um, obviously AEW, I suppose we you kind of had to expect it was going to be on a come down after you know the events of what we've seen the past couple of weeks has been a huge buzz. That's only natural, but to be honest with you. It, Still not a bad time. I, I just feel for both these shows, I wonder how much better it would all be if we had fans, obviously. And sometimes I feel like, are they holding back because of that as well? And then I, I'm sure there's an element of that involved. Uh, despite them wanting one up on each other, I think there's an element of let's not give everything until it really makes sense. Um, and I, I feel for AEW more because obviously they had a huge plan, I would imagine. And I think they almost tried to book backwards as much as they could. Mm. They really had to adjust a lot. And I think they've changed a lot of plans, if I'm completely honest with you, to where we're at now, given the whole COVID situation. So, um, but yeah, overall, I, I go with NXT this week. All right. We got two for NXT. Top guy, JJ. Damn, I thought I was going to be in a minority here, man. Like, I mean, I think if, if anybody has ever watched this and knows how I kind of grade these things, and I'm, it's going to be three for three for me so far with NXT because I'm going to pick the stand, like, when I watch standout matches, it's going to, and with the lack, like, NXT had, AEW had a lot of substance, but didn't have a lot of substance that to me meant anything. This was one of those, it's okay to take a week off and lose because you have been killing it for the past yeah, month. Yeah. It's okay to take a week off, but NXT delivered at the same time. So just the build to New Year's Evil, I, I felt had, that was that was a solid build to New Year's Evil. Of course, 
I mean, you're going to give me Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne and a, a banger in the middle of the show and then close the show out and close out the show with Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, like you're just giving it's like this is one of those events that I felt like NXT booked all in the right areas. There's going to be a segment or two that's trash. You're going to get that. (laughs) NXT is not going to be great from top to bottom at all. But the stuff that I remember and all the the areas that, that meant something to me was really what hit home for me with NXT and those two matches when I'm going to remember for weeks to come, I'm going to remember Rhea and Tony, and I'm going to remember Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne. Like, I'm going to remember those. There wasn't a damn match on AEW that I'm going to remember for weeks to come, and God, never, never, ever, ever put 13 to 15 people in a fucking ring again. Like, oh my god, that was too much. They have a Royal Rumble. They, they, they just went up from 12 to 13. Yeah, it was, just, it was too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I, I get what they was trying. And then, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's okay. They, they, could take a, they could take a swing like that. And it, it's essentially, it didn't work. Because AEW does a lot of shit that works. This, to me, just didn't work. So, I'm giving a nod to NXT. Usually I like to be different here, especially when everybody is going for for one show. I like to be the different one to kind of point out the good stuff in the other show. So I will say, uh, AEW, I really enjoyed the main event. Kenny Omega and Don Callis is probably one of my favorite acts in the business right now. They're just on money and they're always delivering. I, I actually did enjoy the, the 12-man tag until that finish. Never let Jay Hager do the F10. That's Warlord's move for reason he does it well jake hager does not uh the opener a lot of fun with uh hangman page with the dark order and their red dead red dead redemption uh look on the come up was just hilarious had me dying laughing and i like the storyline with uh matt hardy being the the evil mentor of uh private party yeah that he's supposed to be hell like i was yeah i don't know but but NXT was the better show this week. It just was. Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly. Absolute banger. One of the best TV matches of the year. Um, I wasn't as big on Tony Storm and, and Rhea Ripley as the rest of you guys. I think they're both very talented young ladies. But they just never have really, really good, great matches to me. They just don't seem to match like that. The match that stood out secondary to Dunne and O'Reilly to me was uh, Tyler Rust versus Tommaso Ciampa. Because that was his day. Yeah. And he really showed out against one of the pioneers and pillars of NXT and showed that he's a future star. And my boy Malcolm Bivens having a client, I am all for that because Malcolm Bivens is underutilized in NXT. But NXT just brought it this week. This was probably their best non-theme show of the year. And they're really hyping up New Year's Evil very well. And Baller versus O'Reilly gets me excited. But also on AEW, Phoenix versus Omega. I am ready for both of those matches to be put in my veins for sure. So, yes, NXT pulls out the clean sweep. Rare clean sweep here. But NXT, yeah, that is really rare. I mean, I think the last time they got a clean sweep from all of us was Halloween Havoc. 
Yeah. 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 That was the that was the last time. So I like I said, best one of the best non-theme shows that they've had all year. The news rundown, we'll run through these very quickly before we do our preview. WrestleVolt reports that the rumored WrestleMania 37 matches, as we spoke about uh earlier, are Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar for uh versus Keith Lee, Edge versus Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Goldberg. So, so John, does that, John, does that, John, does that, does that sound familiar? <laughs> Sounds very familiar. And, does that, uh, that did literally sound like a few months ago, back in yeah. Raymond James Stadium? They just added one person to it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm pretty not much. interested. <laughs> pretty much. Um, Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported that Lana's exclusion from WWE TLC, uh, they reported on this and they said, according to Mike Johnson, Lana could be off WWE television for three to four weeks after the attack on Monday Night Raw. He also noted that while speculation centered around a potential return of Charlotte Flair, there's no confirmation of that storyline development. So we could see the return to Charlotte Flair. I'll have a special tweet concerning that if that does happen though <laughs> uh, yeah. there we go there we go the minute she come back somebody got to get kicked off the show hey no 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 i, I just <laughs> have a, a special... it's just how it goes if i have a special back and a... gone for someone <laughs> i have a special tweet from from one of my inside sorts i won't i won't ruin it here you'll see it on sunday if it happens pw insider reported on wwe's broadcasting plans for the holiday season monday night raw will remain live every week nxt will still be live on wednesday nights friday night smackdown is expected to remain live except for christmas week as uh previously reported uh december 25th falls on a friday this year wwe is expected to tape the christmas day edition on December 22nd or 23rd and per the report Smackdown on New Year's Day will be a live broadcast. Johnny Fairplay said on the PW Torch podcast that he spoke to Robert Stone and Robert Stone told him that Melina was supposedly going to be a part of the Robert Stone brand a couple of months ago when they were talking to Melina to return back to WWE. In an interview with our good friend Alex McCarthy Kevin Owens revealed that he has pitched tag teams with AJ Styles, Mustafa Ali, uh, Apollo Crews, and Sami Zayn in the past, which have all been turned down by WWE Creative. He also repealed, uh, revealed that the original plans for WrestleMania 34 was for Zayn and Owens to face Vince and Shane McMahon before Daniel Bryan's return changed the plans. And WWE SmackDown drew 2.206 million viewers, which is up from last week. AEW News, Jim Ross causes some controversy this week with comments on his podcast complaining about the DDT and Superkick no longer being finishers and how he finds it stupid when people gather together to catch uh, wrestlers on dives. Uh, Brandon Cutler made fun of this on a tweet promoting the 7-on-7, original 7-on-7 match on Dynamite this past week, which was uh, event he was eventually pulled from due to Wardlow being pulled because of a family emergency and Dax Harwood of FTR chastised uh cutler for his tweet publicly do you enjoy people gathering together for to catch people on dives john no <laughs> that, that, that that's a, that's a good answer i don't Simple enjoy it that. i don't enjoy, i don't enjoy it either so i get where jim ross is coming from uh, that could be messed everybody right 
Well, well, no, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you are gonna gather together and catch people, at least catch them. Poor Pat McAfee. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter reports that one of the reasons Sting signed with AEW is because Tony Khan made a deal with him that he can leave on his own terms, something that WWE wouldn't let him do. Which is an interesting note there. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling News: New Japan announces that the 49th anniversary show will take place on March 4th. From Budokan Hall, and according to Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, Harold Maid was not keen on bringing back Chris Jericho to New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, due to Jericho's price tag. Additionally, Meltzer stated that Jericho no longer has a contract with New Japan, and that is believed that uh, to have already expired. Meltzer went on to say that May's exit as president and CEO of New Japan this past October has renewed interest in bringing back Jericho into New Japan. So we probably won't see it for Wrestle Kingdom, but later on in the year, we may see a return of the Pain Maker. ROH News, ROH announces that four wrestlers have been removed from Final Battle 2020 due to COVID-19 protocols, which are EC3, Bandito, Flamita, and Kenny King. EC3 later revealed that he is in fact tested positive for the virus, so our thoughts and prayers out to EC3. We hope he uh, has a speedy recovery. According to Fightful, EC3's contract with ROH was supposed to expire after Final Battle, but he will now stay on to continue his story with Jay Briscoe. ROH announced that changes to the card would be announced during Final Battle Hour 1, which will air live from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Best on the Planet, Steer City, Facebook, YouTube, Fight TV, Pay-Per-View, and for Honor Club members on ROHWrestling.com. According to PW Insider, ROH World Champion Roosh, uh, current current contract is believed to expire at the end of 2020, and the report did not uh, mention Dragon Lee's con- current contract and end date, uh, but it did note that Lee's work has been getting a lot of con- uh, attention from other wrestling promotions. It was also noted that ROH COO Joe Koff is having ongoing conversations with both talents. Impact Wrestling News, uh, Wrestling observer newsletter reports that ethan page is among a few impact talents whose contract has just expired with the promotion and he has been in talks with aew wwe and mlw according to wrestling inc the other talents whose contracts has expired at the end of the year are tyre valkyrie jake christ of ove and sammy callahan but callahan is going to be resigning with impact wrestling this week's impact on Access TV was down from last week's 221,000 viewers to 177,000 viewers, so a slight decrease back to like their regular levels, even with Kenny Omega on the show. And Fightful Select reports that AJ Styles was quite amused and thought it was great with Hornswoggle doing a portrayal of his character on Impact Wrestling a few weeks ago. And our final news note, MLW adds Mads Cougar versus Alex uh, Hammerstone to their Kings of Coliseum show on January 6th. So we have reached our final segment, preview and predictions for two huge shows this weekend. Two of the final uh, huge shows of 2020 with ROH Final Battle 2020 and WWE TLC 2020. ROH, we're only going to talk about the top matches. On the pre-show, you're going to see Tony Deppin versus LSG versus Josh 
Woods versus Drake Draper, with the winner getting a shot at Dragon Lee's ROH TV title on the main show. Dan Housen will go one-on-one with Brian Johnson. Mike Bennett will make his return to ROH pay-per-view, and he will team with Matt Taven to versus The Righteous, Vincent, and Bateman. Pure Rules tag team matchup is going to be Tracy Williams and Rent Titus of the Foundation versus Fred Yehi and Wheeler Utah. And this one will we get your predictions. Pure title is on the line for the first time on ROH pay-per-view in 14 years, I believe. Josh Gresham, the new champion, will defend his title against Flip Gordon. Josh Gresham won, uh, Jonathan Gresham, excuse me, Jonathan Gresham won the Pure Championship in the Pure Title Tournament, defeating Tracy Williams in the finals. He and now he is the leader of the new stable, the Foundation. He's going to have two matches on this night as he's also one half of the tag team champions, but Jonathan Gresham will defend against Flip Gordon. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about Flip Gordon's personal views because he's an anti-masker, but I am rooting for Jonathan Gresham in this match. <laughs> Who do you have, uh, top guy, JJ? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jonathan's he, he's, he's still rocking that octopus mask, right? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I guess it's a cool thing for wrestling purposes, I guess. I guess I rock with Gresham. I really cannot stand the octopus mask. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Why? I'm just, I'm, I, I because don't like it. It's just, it doesn't fit him to me. And it's just my personal opinion. It's not going to sway the minds of others. <laughs> I think he's just so much better without it. But yeah. Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Christy Love, who do you have? Jonathan Gresham or Flip Gordon for the pure title? I'm going to go Octopus because. JJ doesn't like his, his mask at all. And you also said the other guy's a fuckboy. So then I'm going to go with this guy. <laughs> I didn't say all of that. I said he, he's an anti-masker. He's an I anti- And funny enough, he's an anti-masker on Twitter. And in his vignette to promote this match, he wore a mask. So that was funny. Uh, John, John, who do you have? Flip Gordon. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got Grisham for this uh, already. Marked out on this one. Grisham to win. <laughs> Great. All right. So, like I said, Gresham has more than one match on the card. He will be teaming up with his foundation teammate, Jay Lethal, to defend the ROH World Tag Team titles that they won last year at Final Battle against the Briscoes. This time, though, it will not be Mark and Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe was originally supposed to verse EC3 on this show. He's too brizzy trying to change the narrative of EC3. Uh, so, Mark Briscoe has gotten someone as crazy as the Briscoe brothers in PCO to team with them. So PCO and Mark Briscoe versus the Foundation. Who do you have, John? Uh, I've got the Foundation again. Two for two for them on the night. I think that's uh, how it's going to roll. I'm going to have to agree with John. I think the Foundation are going to win the pure tag team title, tag team match with Rent Titus and Tracy Williams. Jonathan Grisham's going to beat uh, Flip, and they're going to beat PCO and Mark Briscoe. Who do you got, Chrissy? Excuse me. I have the Foundation as well. Who do you have, Top Guy JJ? I guess we all going with Black Excellence, baby. I guess, I guess we go on that no, no, no. route because um, PCO and Mark Briscoe? Like, the fuck? 
<laughs> Come on, you're gonna be crazy. Yo, this, is, be- this is one of those when you watch an episode of, of Always TV and shit, and he just makes a mystery partner announcement, and then this guy just pops up. That, that's exactly what happened. Watch Review of Honor where they react to that uh, to Good that Lord. to that vignette where he announced this. Uh, Arlie- I'll pass. <laughs> ROH World Championship is on the line. It's going to be Roosh defending the title against Brody King. Brody King earned this opportunity defeating Shane Taylor on ROH TV. He's been on a winning streak defeating former ROH champion Dalton Castle a couple of weeks ago while Roosh is making his return to Ring of Honor here to defend the title. Who do you got, Top Guy JJ? Who's it? Who's who's he going against again? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he he paused. I had to. That, that was like I, I had to make sure. I had to make sure I'm picking him against the because uh, because I felt like that was a trick match. Roosh versus Brody King. Right. Yeah, I had that. I, I didn't get the Brody King part. I apologize. Roosh, God sakes, fucking Roosh. <laughs> fucking I was like, was so easy. It sounded like a trick match. I was like, bro, no. God, fuck sakes, Roosh. I apologize for the delay. <laughs> what do you got, John? <laughs> Brody King or Roosh? Uh, I've got Brody King. I've got Brody King, but I, that's from uh, a source that I can't name. But I got oh. Brody King oh. in this one. Oh, yeah. got the inside source here. So, uh, they might change now. We didn't go to you yet, Chrissy Love. Who do you got? I was gonna say Roosh, but this one with the inside info, you know, I'm gonna say. Well, stay don't, with... don't, keep, don't yeah, count me. Yeah, stick to your gut because that source is wrong. Hey, I'm not even going to go to a source. I'm just going to go based on the ROH news that I already talked about. Roosh's contract expires the end of 2020. So I think Brody King is going to win the ROH world title here at Final Battle 2020. And Roosh. Hey, Roosh will move on to greener pastures. I don't know what promotion that is, but I think he's not going to be with ROH much longer. So. That is all for Final Battle. We will also have our Final Battle pay-per-view roundtable review with the good brothers from Review of Honor, Ness and John and uh, Stat King John on the over the weekend or next week for sure. WWE TLC is the last show that we will be previewing predictions for. The bottom of the card to the top as usual. It is now announced as a Firefly Inferno match. Oh the Fiend. The oh Fiend. Bree Wyatt. Will versus Randy Orton. These two have been feuding ever since Orton came. Uh, Orton uh, won the WWE title. Uh, Bray Wyatt came over to Raw in the draft. Ray, uh, Bray Wyatt trying to get revenge on Randy Orton for burning down the Sister Abigail's house all those years ago. So who will be set on fire here? Apparently, the Fiend or Randy Orton. I'm going to start things off, and I was originally going to go with The Fiend, but now with this stipulation, I don't see Orton getting burned. So I see The Fiend getting oh. another L and getting right. burned. Point of this. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Miss Christy Love, I'll start with you. I, I'm, I'm just so confused at what they're doing with The Fiend. Like, He's, he was over, and then you guys keep making him take these L's. It's like, now you had him with Alexa Bliss, which is so good. But he's going to lose again? Like, come on. I got Randy on. Fuck it. <laughs> John? I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt. I'm going to go with the Fiend winning this still. And uh, I 
I can see some more ridiculous um, stuff coming on that they'll probably put on Randy's body for the next couple of months. They like all that at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Brian. I, I suspect this feud will continue as well. I think it will continue. That's where I'm gonna go with Randy. Uh, but we got one for one for the Fiend, two for Orton. Who you got, Top Guy JJ? Bray Wyatt is losing this match. Like this is this is an epitome. Like this is this is a this epitomizes why I can't stand the booking of this guy. Like it and it just. I'm not gonna. I'm done. Randy Orton's winning this match. Like. <laughs> What's the point? Like, what is the point? Setting ourselves up, yeah. A Firefly Inferno match. <laughs> like, come I mean, on. Creative. Like, this is how they gonna have a blow off match as the first match, and you know they are gonna have like three more matches. Yeah, it's creative. Like, like it's retarded. It's not creative. Iron Man match will be, be the, the one. This is supposed to be the, <laughs> This is supposed to be the blow off to end it. And then this is the first match. Yes, creative. Um, got it, got it, got it. Raw tag team titles is on the line. We're going to have the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, defending against the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, these two teams have been feuding for quite some time since the New Day came over from Monday Night Raw. This is a match that I would be more excited for if I didn't see it a hundred times on Monday Night Raw. I like, like, like John said earlier, they kind of book their tag team feuds like universe mode, where you see like sometimes you'll see them in a singles match, but you'll see them in tag team matches multiple times before the pay per view and. And then on the pay-per-view, it's not even a stipulation. It's just for the titles this time. So, <laughs> so that is what we have gotten here. A universe mode feud. So who you got? New Day or Hurt Business? We'll start with you, Top Guy. Uh, they got to pull a plug. They got to pull a trigger at some point with Retribution interrupting Kofi Kingston. They got to pull it at some point. They have to do it here. Retribution causes New Day to tag team championships. The Hurt Business takes the gold at TLC. This is the only title that will change hands. Sorry for my spoilers in advance. Chrissy, who you got? I got the Hurt Business finally let, letting some shine and uh, uh, let them get some uh, gold on their belt to go with their black and gold t-shirts. Who you got, John? Full House. It's the Hurt Business for me. Um, yeah, they're winning this. Uh, the belts for me. I am I am going to go with you guys here, even though Cedric has been kind of teasing himself as the Brian Pillman, uh, Brian Pillman and the four horsemen of the Hurt Business. But I think he's going to get the win here for the Hurt Business and they're going to be the new Raw Tag Team Champions. And he did all the work. He'll be yeah. the one that does all the work, according exactly. to him. Exactly. SmackDown <laughs> Women's Championship is on the line. We're going to see Sasha Banks defending against Carmella. Carmella uh, returned uh, about a month and a half ago for uh, to SmackDown attacking Sasha after her victory over Bailey. She's been in the mind of the boss and saying that she has gotten more in her career by working less than uh, than uh, Sasha Banks. A perfect example of working working smarter not harder uh so who you got <laughs> sasha or carmella we'll start with you john um actually i'm gonna go with carmella but she's not gonna win the belt it's gonna be like a dq type thing so yeah i think they'll do that with that one she's not winning the belt though keep it keep it going right 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Just I, what we want. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sasha Banks to get the victory here. I think, like John, it won't be the end of the feud. She'll probably get the win with like a roll up, but I think she'll get the victory here. Who you got, Chrissy? I definitely have Sasha retaining and winning. Um, I, again, I'm not on board for Camilla, so it's probably going to keep going on for another like month or so. So, yeah. yay. Uh, top guy? Uh, 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 Sasha Banks is going to defeat Carmelina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carmelina. Uh, <laughs> WWE Women's Tag Team Championships is on the line. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and a mystery partner. This story was all, all about Lana getting put through tables by Nia Jax and getting picked on by uh, Nia and Shayna. But now Lana is not even in this match. So we will predict who is the mystery partner of Asuka and who wins. I will start things off. And yes, this probably is not a prediction. It's probably a spoiler. The Queen, Charlotte Flair, will return. And Asuka and Charlotte will be our new... Women's Tag Team Champions. Who do you have? Top Guy JJ. I hate you. Yeah, right. Like, you just do the monkey ranch. I hate you. Because I was so... I had my mind so set on only (laughs) one title changing hands. And then you give me this Charlotte bullshit. Like... It, it when something makes WWE sense, it makes WWE sense. Yeah, this is perfect segue. Without so making Nyla, without making them look bad, without wasting this whole storyline, and obviously not giving all the shine to Lana, they bring the Queen back to steal the thunder and to make it seem relevant. And then you're gonna have the two egomaniacs battling it out for the next month over the. Tag titles and the women, raw women. Yes, yes, Charlotte and Oscar. Yeah, yeah, whatever. John, mystery partner, and who do you think is gonna win this one? Oscar, mystery partner versus Nia Jax and Shayna. It's Sable. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I love it. Yes. Imagine that. Sable accompanied by Brock. Um, <laughs> no, I, I would I love, love it. anything okay. but this prediction, but it's gonna come true. Yeah, actually, just listening to SP3, I actually got to go along with that. It's changed my my outcome on the fly here. Facts. So I, like I, I think, hate him. For, I hate when he yeah, shit like that. He's poisoned my mind now with yeah. that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the exact same outcome now because um, WWE mathematics. This makes the most sense to them. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Guess gonna what's gonna happen? Because guess sure. what's gonna happen? The tag champs are gonna come out first, and then Oscar, and then we're gonna have this long ass break, and then That's you're gonna hear what? this music, and then everybody else becomes irrelevant. And here comes fucking Charlotte. And it Winning and it another- makes it makes sense because Nia took out Charlotte. Okay, whatever. So, mm-hmm. oh! Chrissy, Chrissy, who do you got? Oh my god, you and these damn. Oh my. If I could fall on the floor and you guys see me, I wish I could, but I can't. Um, we actually could see you, though. I mean, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, and I was just, and I was just gonna say, how did Oscar become our champion? And now she's in the range for the tag champ. I was like, when did this happen to Oscar? When did she become such the second fiddle? She's playing like the third fiddle in this story. 
was the third fiddle as well. And then like, she's now such friends with Lana. I was like, this is such horrendous. Then she's doing TikTok videos with her. I was like, oh my God, stop, please. Get her away. Yeah, yeah, we're there. We're there already. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. Oscar and um. Oscar Two Belts, friend, and uh, Miss Charlotte Flair. All right, and the final two matches: WWE Universal Championship TLC match: Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. This one has been one of the better feuds, with Kevin Owens being the babyface against the head of the table, Roman Reigns, and his treatment of his family, and specifically, of course, Jay Uso. I am going with not your tribal chief, not our tribal chief, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Who do you have, Chrissy Love? I have, of course, Mr. Roman Reigns, our tribal chief. He's going to win. Who do you have, John? I have Roman Reigns easily. This is a. Uh, th- th- I have enjoyed this feud, but I uh, nowhere in this feud have I felt like Kevin Owens opposes is any threat at all. That's the problem. Uh, I just think this is an end of the year type match that you see quite often. So, um, but I- I'm, I'm looking forward to the match because it's a different dynamic. Because we, normally we have to see Roman go in and expect him not to get booed, and he's trying to be the face, and Kevin Owens is trying to be heel. So at least this makes sense um, for this to work. And should we even ask you, uh, Top Guy JJ? Are, are we really going <laughs> to ask me who is going to come out in this match? I got up and went and got the lays. And are put we it really going to be? Are we really? Going to talk about who's going to win this match. <laughs> Are we oh, really man. talking about your tribal chief, my tribal chief, the WWE's tribal chief, the head of the table, the king of the WWE, losing to Kevin fucking Owens? Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? With no bullshit blue and yellow t-shirts? You gotta be fucking hell fucking no. This is going to be a great effort by Kevin Owens nonetheless. Great effort by Kevin Owens. Probably going to be similar to their last TLC main event match, which will probably be a good one. But, man, please. This is just a distraction to hopefully, hopefully they get the Goldberg bullshit out the way at the Royal Rumble. I'm hoping that they get that shit out the way at the Royal Rumble. I doubt it. Is this Goldberg shit really, like, for real? He's already teasing. He's promoting the fuck out of it. He's definitely, this is definitely happening. We're giving that too much attention. So, yes, WWE WWE Championship match, the main event, TLC, is going to be Drew McIntyre defending against AJ Styles. AJ Styles won this opportunity in a triple threat against Riddle and Keith Lee. Of course, Drew McIntyre won back the uh, championship last month ahead of Survivor Series. So, who you got? McIntyre versus Styles. We will start with you, Top Guy. I mean, clearly uh, this is going to be uh, uh, this is probably going to be a better match than expected. I yeah. think this is going to be a really this is probably going to be the match of the night. Um, I, I I'm going that I'm going that far with this match, but Drew McIntyre is going to pull this out, but barely. But AJ Styles is going to look very strong coming out of this match. Who do you have, John? Uh, I would love AJ to win the belt, but it's going to be Drew, unfortunately, still. And I say unfortunately because I just think Drew is better chasing than he is uh, capturing at the moment without fans. It just seems to make no sense having that that babyface champion with with nobody really there. So, um, yeah, I was quite surprised that they put it straight back on him when they did. Because I think that I thought they were going to let him chase. But, uh, yeah, Drew, Drew McIntyre retains. Chrissy? 
can I just say I want a bro nut, first of all? Um, <laughs> um, I just want a bro nut. Love him. Now, I'm on the, I'm on, I was not on board, John. I just wanted to let you know yep. I was not a fan, but I do want a bro nut. Um, You're a broda. Yeah. You're a baby broda. I, I think he's hilarious now. Um, but I would love for AJ to win. And now that he doesn't have homeboy in his corner now, for what because he did his he did his job. He was supposed to stand there and make AJ, you know, good. Anywho, yeah, Drew's gonna win this, unfortunately. So yeah. And I will end things off. And yes, I agree. Drew McIntyre will get the victory. But I think there is a chance AJ will win. The record raw low raw late ratings may make a difference here. But that brings us to a close on True Heel Heat 104. A quick plug for our lineup. You can check out our New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League 2020 and Best of Super Juniors 27 Finals Roundtable. A new a J News Japan special for Super J Cup 2020 starring myself with J News. A Blunt Impact special for Final Resolution. The latest True Rewind Dark Power Blunt Impact J News Japan Review of Honor. Joint Central Jabronis, Richie's Raw Recap, and Wednesday Night Warriors starring True Hill Josh are all up right now. And all new Wednesday Night Warriors star power, Blunt Impact, and J News Japan will be up this weekend and next week. And you also got a very special WWE TLC 2020 pay-per-view roundtable and Final Battle 2020 pay-per-view roundtable that will be up early next week. And you could check out my latest appearance on Alice McCarthy's Wrestling Daily on WrestleTalk's Wrestle2 YouTube channel, where we discuss the record low raw ratings and the bullet club reunion john scott thank you so much for joining us on true hill heat 104 please tell the people where they can find you on social media and of course powered for tv yeah i'm not massive on social media but normally i only use instagram so it's john underscore iv um on instagram you can find me there but don't forget um anything else literally on the site powered for tv Go and check it out. And um, also, I want to throw out 50% off for those that sign up the first month. Just enter the code POWERED, all in capitals, and you'll get 50% off the first month. But like I say, go over, check it out. Um, plenty there. Not just UK stuff. And also, just to throw it out, because I do get a lot of questions. Yes, you can sign up. That doesn't matter where you live from around the world. Um, we accommodate everybody. So, yeah, thank you for having me. It's been, been a blast. You've been a great guest. (laughs) You've been a great guest for sure. Thank you for joining us on True Hill Heat 104. Chrissy Love, where can they find you on social media? Uh, I'm the sensationalist Chrissy Love. You can find me on IG, Twitter, and on Facebook. uh, Smackdown Live with Lynches and True Hill Heat. And Top Guy JJ. Instagram, you can find me at True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ. And Facebook, I'm simply Justin Johnson. And yes, it has been an absolute blast to have you on here, man. Thank you. This has been fun. This has been fun. This was a good one. Yes, for sure. Check out Powered for TV. You can follow me on Instagram at True Hill underscore Epic SP3, True Hill Heat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Of course, like this video, share this video with all your wrestling fans and friends. Uh, subscribe to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, just 90 subscribers away from 1K. So until True Hill Heat 105 next week, for Miss Chrissy Love, for Top Guy JJ, for Mr. John Scott, Powered 4 TV, it is me, it is me, your true heel phenom, SP3. We are signing off until next time.